0: Hello, good evening, and welcome to Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM. It's seven o'clock. It's Monday night. I'm not Steve Curran.
3: I'm not Simon Byron.
0: And neither am I, Anne Canterbury. Uh, you're listening to One Life Left. Uh, there's no Steve today.
3: No, where is he? Well, last I saw of
0: him, he was uh, he was up a mountain.
3: Yeah, but he lost his wallet up a mountain. Has he had to go back and get it?
0: But <laughs> <laughs> no, but it but it, uh, it looked really nice up there. Did you see the pictures?
3: Yeah, it looked lovely. We weren't invited, though.
0: Well, do you know exactly what he was doing? Like, serious question. Uh,
3: yeah, he was doing a talk somewhere around there. Uh, and, then, and then these people took him up a mountain. And I assume ma- threatened him. Threatened that <laughs> they would right. push him off the mountain if he didn't show them his next talk for next year. Right. So he did. And then he, he seemed to enjoy it. But then you know him. He likes, um, he likes threats.
0: Also, the air's thinner up there, makes you feel giddy, makes you more susceptible susceptible to... That's probably uh, why they liked it. ...manipulation. Yeah. How have you been?
3: I've been great. Uh, We were just saying, haven't seen each other for ages. Seen forever. Congratulations on our life left. Thank you.
0: Uh, I I mean, it was really good. Genuinely really good. But... Well, I just—I mean, I'm very pleased for you and everything like that. I just didn't like some—I just, you know, some of the comments I felt were a little bit overboard from the uh, from the listeners. Really? really, Well, saying that, you know, that you could do without Steve and I, and
3: wow, uh, I mean, I could, but do I want to?
0: A good question. Did you enjoy doing it?
3: Yeah, it was Everyone lovely. Else happy? Everybody on the show was fantastic.
0: So we don't need to do that sort of thing again for a while now, no, no, well, now that you've got it out of your system, we'll, is that we'll right? We'll leave it for
3: a little bit. You know what they say, Simon, once you stray, <laughs> you never truly come back.
0: <laughs> well, welcome back. Um,
3: How are you? What have you been up to?
0: Oh, oh so I went to Canada. Uh-huh. Uh, I checked that out. It's, all, it's still doing very still well. Still doing okay. Uh, and then last week, we had a, a lot of things happen, didn't they, last week, that we had to short-term notice cancel.
3: Yeah. But, but you know, things are looking up. Things are looking much better this week. Exactly.
0: Um, fortunately, it's not just you and I in the studio.
3: No, thank goodness. This would be terrible otherwise. Terrible
0: radio. Uh, we'd like to be joined uh, tonight by Christos Reed from Fail Hello, Christos. Hello. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you so much for coming on. You're most very welcome. Um, you uh, you came on in short notice as well, didn't you? Because I did. we had a, a, a bit of an issue with the guest that we had agreed. She's not feeling very well. No. Get well soon, Hope Emily. she's
3: better for Wednesday.
0: Hope you're better for Wednesday. But Christos, you stepped up. It is. Now, do you know who has previously um, volunteered to an emergency request via our Twitter? Ooh, uh, my guess would maybe be Pip. She, be she would never be in emergency,
2: would no. she, Pip?
3: She's always... She's always she top would, of our she's <laughs> list. She's flown in, straight, straight <laughs> yeah. out.
0: So, no, guess again. B- bear in mind, we do have an hour.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this will be the show.
0: Yeah. I don't know, Mike. It Bithell. was Mike Bithel. Yes. Mike Bithel. Now, when he sat where you are, he was a nobody.
3: Genuinely. Not, uh, we, and we are not saying that you are a nobody. No. We're saying you've already got a flying not, start on this. You're not
0: claiming to be Kingmakers.
2: Yes, we are. You've never listened to the show.
3: (laughs) You told me you had listened to the show before. Uh,
0: Yeah, Mike uh, stepped up and uh, look at him now. Uh, I'm sure that he'll crop up in our topic of conversation shortly because uh, I believe you have connections with the Biff. So we'll be speaking to you shortly. Um, We've got a couple of features. We're going to try and call Cara.
3: Yeah, we're going to
0: get
3: for a, uh, a weather report.
0: Yeah, just a quick update because um, you know last time we spoke to her, Christos, she was in your in your seat there, and uh, she had to leave the country. So,
3: um, <laughs> so yeah. this could go one of two ways. Who knows? <laughs> <Not> liking a <laughs> narrative here, if I'm
0: <laughs> honest. right? Let's crack on uh, with the show um, and start as we always do with Anne's news. <music>
4: One 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 Video news with Barry, Barry. It's
3: 7.04 on Monday the 13th of October. I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news your checkbooks unity might be up for sale the super popular development platform has been circulating a presentation outlining the value of the business to companies including google according to a report by cnet unity has over three million registered users the company has yet to comment on this unconfirmed rumor but hopefully a one life left top news story will force them into saying something
0: uh, you mentioned before we came on air that uh, your news this evening features the worst joke you've ever written. Yeah. Uh, was it in that one? Still to come. Still to come. Uh, so I missed this. Um, I uh, I was surprised to see everybody just suddenly starting to talk about Unity being for sale. Yeah. So they're not very discreet then, are they?
3: Well... Okay, think about it. You're on the market. You, you want to get out there. You want to get the best possible offers in. You don't necessarily want to be super discreet. You want people going, oh, hang on a minute. Google's interested. Google.
0: Do you though? That's, or, that's do you, or do you go, well, look, um, nobody's offered to buy us. So we've had to put together this PowerPoint, which outlines <laughs> how many users we've got and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, Christos, are you interested in buying them? Oh, if I could afford it. Uh, how nice. much, and um, sorry, was there an indication on price there? No, no indication
3: no, on there price. It was
2: a quite a nice idea, actually. I think if someone figured out if you, if everyone could get together a certain amount of money, all the indies could buy it and then they could just make it open source, which I think was
0: uh, sounded pretty great. Okay, so 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 the movement starts here. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh,
0: how, much you, how much are you prepared to put in, then? I don't know. It sounds like quite a lot of piggy banks, if I'm honest. <laughs> Uh, why do they need to be... Why are they up for sale? What adv- have they seen what Mojang's got? They, are they like, oh, look at what we've created. If we flog it to someone else, we can move on like he's done.
3: Do they just want to sit in their pants Sorry, not, too? I should say. Well, yeah, what, what,
0: what's, um, what's, what's the reason for this? Has anybody speculated?
3: No. Nobody speculated, so let's get going.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and why do Unity want to be bought?
3: Uh, because money is awesome, and if you don't have to work for it, it's so much better.
0: Christos, why do Unity want to be bought?
2: I would imagine possibly the only reason I could think of is that they're not actually making as much money behind the scenes as they might be presenting themselves as doing.
0: Interesting. That's an official view from an indie developer there. Right, well, uh, we'll have to. Um, that's what's known in the trade as a developing story, Anne, isn't it? Yeah. We'll come back to it. Keep on that for us.
3: News agent shelves in the UK are saying, Ciao, Mario, as the official Nintendo magazine is to shut, with the latest issue being its last. Nintendo has said that it will focus on Nintendo Direct broadcasts, its social media channels, and events to communicate with customers. This marks the end of more than 20 years of officially licensed Nintendo publications in the UK. No joke. No then? joke there. No, okay. Because that is no joke, Simon. Sad news this. Yeah.
0: I was uh, working at EMAP when Official Nintendo Magazine launched, actually. Um, what Did you give the date that it launched then? No. No. Uh, uh, th- why it, was would ni- you? it
3: was 92.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, yes, yeah, you're right. It was 1993, yeah, uh, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I know the Future was saying, um, uh, claiming that it uh, started much later. Yeah. Uh, it came with a fantastic Game Boy key ring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Working at EMAP then, used to get all the magazines for free. So we just ripped the... uh, We had loads of Game Boy key rings then. Uh, Yeah, and it was the first official magazine. um, Really, uh, yeah, it it really mixed things up again. So sad to see it go, but was it inevitable?
3: Uh, Magazines are dead, aren't they?
0: Um, Yeah, so the theory goes... um, But it was interesting with Nintendo's, it was interesting that the quotes come from Nintendo, right? Saying, well, all right, guys, uh, we're going to, we're obviously it was Future that owned it, they licensed it from Nintendo, but saying, all right, gang, uh, don't worry, we're going to talk to you directly now, thus cutting out journalists.
3: Oh, it is, yes, it seems slightly odd that they've gone, okay, and how we're going to communicate with you is, it like, sort of, non traditional. Media like this is emerging media so it's going to be broadcast it's going to be uh, social media and it's going to be live at events and that's how we're going to communicate with you and not on a monthly basis not with articles or anything like that
0: With free Game Boy key rings
3: we want to talk directly to you give us your phone number <laughs> um, speaking of uh, magazines being dead I actually I'm going to put this photo on uh, our Twitter page because we are multimedia Okay. cross media of
0: course trans media trans-media. <laughs> uh,
3: I saw this picture Coming out of um, uh, outside a flat the other day, really sad. It's it's um, a whole stack of PC, PC gamers. gamers just in a ripped um, That's in really a ripped sad. recycling bag, just spilling out onto the pavement. Were they all the same issue? No, no. It seemed to be someone's, someone's full collection. collection. It's interesting
0: about that. that so the that uh, PC gamer is the Knights of the Old Republic two review. Yeah. Did Kieran Gillam write that?
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Kieran. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Disney has removed Tiny Death Star from the App Store and Google Play without letting developer n- Nibblebit know. Disney has confirmed the removal, saying it was done so that they could focus, uh, so that it could focus on priority titles like Star Wars Commander. The game is still available on the Windows Store. Tiny Death Star was made by the same team who made Tiny Tower. The studio told Game Informer, "Suffice to say that if you're a developer looking to partner with Disney, this might not be the partnership you're looking for." We asked Yoda for comment, but he mumbled something unbroadcastable backwards. And it was nonsense yet again. Was that a joke? Yeah, uh, no, that oh,
0: was <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow, um, yeah. that's uh, c- crikey.
3: Yeah, you probably shouldn't do that, should you? Uh, uh, there's, th- th- there's a lot going
0: on in that new story. Yeah,
3: another thing, um, so the, the, the developer said, this is actually quite a big bit of income for us. Yeah. Uh, they've just kind of taken it down and now it's not really coming back in anymore. That sucks, Disney.
0: My wife spent an awful lot of time playing that. Really? I'm not sure how much she spent on it. But, um, well, that's interesting, right? Because that shows sort of contempt for their consumers. Yeah. Certainly contempt for their partners. Yeah. Definitely contempt for the Windows Store, though. You're like, well, okay, yeah. well, let's get it off Android and iOS. No one will notice if we leave it up there. <laughs> will it? Wow.
3: Yeah. Uh, and
0: they're concentrating on Star Wars Force Commander. Have you played that? Uh, no. Clash of Clones, as, the, as uh, people are calling it, because it's a Star Wars game uh, modelled as Clash of Clans. Oh, is it? And Clones is in Star Wars.
3: Okay, well, does, does,
0: It's probably it, a better joke than your one coming up.
3: Mm, yes, correct. <laughs> uh, is it that they're uh, trying to focus on um, the, brand, the Star Wars brand on bigger things? Maybe not uh, like they, a, a, a sort of tower uh, game. First
0: of all, what do, why do they have to concentrate on this, apart from loading up in the morning and seeing how much money they've made?
3: <laughs> oh, oh, we raked in a little bit of money a little bit there. Money there. Uh, but that has distracted None me. None on from Windows <laughs> Phone
0: again. <laughs> um, so that seems odd. Secondly, so what, I, I, I presume they've not taken Angry Birds Star Wars down, have they? No. But So so they're able to concentrate on that, are they? Yeah.
3: Uh, they, they did take another one down. Uh, I can't quite remember what it was. But they, so there was a second game that they'd also taken down. But yeah, no, no mention of uh, Angry Birds Star Wars. Because, you know, that's where the brand is heading. (laughs) Xbox's Phil Spencer has explained that Microsoft's indie game parity clause is in place to make sure Xbox One owners feel first class. Speaking to the Inner Circle podcast, he went on to say that the clause is there to dissuade indie studios from releasing on other platforms and leaving an Xbox release until later on. If, for example, a small studio didn't have the resources for a simultaneous release, Microsoft will be willing to talk to them to find a solution that means that Xbox One owners don't go in a sulk.
0: How do you feel about this, Christos?
3: It's good. It's I mean, good? It's, well, it's,
2: it's nice to have all the... I mean, you know, five years ago, or so it was probably a lot more difficult to talk to the big three. But now, uh, we're all potentially winning lottery tickets. So, But you can talk to the Microsoft as long as you're talking to them first. Yeah, the exclusivity thing bothers me um, on a base level, just because it feels wrong. It'd be nice to be everywhere do you,
0: do you own an, uh, an Xbox console? I own a 360. Okay, so That's do you, do you feel first class? No. Okay. I
2: I
3: wonder. I wonder if he's only looking to make Xbox One owners feel first class. Okay. Because they've just shelled out quite a lot of money recently.
0: Shelled out. They. I mean, there are other ways of doing it. Of course, he could. um, He could give us free drinks, couldn't he?
3: That would be lovely.
0: Make me feel first. Do you know
3: what he could actually do? Send them around in the post those little tins of gin and tonic. First class. I would feel first class. I'd like a
0: flat reclining bed, Phil Spencer, please.
3: Uh, I would like uh, an air host or hostess to just to bring me a meal.
0: And then I'll play Thomas Was alone anytime, I don't mind. Yeah. Um hasn't he also said though that this um, clause might be going? I think he so I think since then he may have said oh, something man. else.
3: <laughs> right. Well he's I mean, not if making could, you feel first class. If classes. he can keep me in the loop, please. <laughs> yeah. Like that yeah, that m- makes me feel very second class. Although I don't own an Xbox One, so that's probably why he's doing he's it. He's not interested in you. Uh, I'm not his target right. audience okay. for making me feel luxurious. <laughs> Phil. If this news section were a game of bingo, you'd have to shout House because Sony has announced an all-star voice cast for Little Big Planet 3, including Hugh Laurie, who plays House in US medical drama House. <laughs> Joining Hugh House Laurie will be series narrator Stephen Stevie Fry, Peter Big P Dog Sarah Finowitz, and Nolan No Way No Way Minamana North, who are all very good actors. Congratulations, Sony, maybe next time do an actual bingo. Bingo game, so this joke feels less awkward.
0: That's good. Uh, you know that the guy who runs Sony, though, you know his name, don't you? What? Andrew House. <laughs> 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 What's the matter with you? <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Brilliant. Well, that's exciting then, isn't it? Yeah. All, all these people.
3: All the people with the good voices.
0: Uh, Fry, uh, uh, well, Sarah all- Finowitz yeah. and um, n- Nolan North.
3: Yeah, they've all done. Done stuff, but... Hugh Laurie.
0: Brand- is, this, is this his first time?
3: Let's go with yeah. Okay. I mean, it sounds like it. he's playing a baddie in it. What? Yeah, well, I know.
0: He's, uh, he's British, isn't he? That's what the British do.
3: I mean, but well, apart from Northern Northern North, aren't they all? All of them are. So they. Yeah,
0: but they can't all be baddies, can they? Think about it.
3: Right, but that <laughs> that doesn't scan. No,
0: but but just think about it. When you think about it, what I said is true. Are you interested in Little Big Planet three?
3: Um, I don't think I've played Little Big Planet properly. Like, I don't think I've played the main game. I think I played little uh big planet uh karting, karting. yeah
0: right. i played that um but yeah, yeah. christos uh is, yes. is voice talent important do you yes yes yeah do you, I, think, do you think thomas was alone would have been so well received had uh danny uh, danny dyer done the uh, <laughs> not, not done the uh Get vocals yeah um yeah no i was actually about to mention thomas
2: as a great example because i don't think it would have been the game that it was without the voice acting Right, um, and I think the same goes for um, what I saw of Volume EGX. It's very similar. Just good voice acting really creates sort of powerful atmosphere. Do you
0: think throwing so many uh, characters at a game is beneficial to it? It
2: can be. I mean, like, it, I, I can see how it goes wrong, but I also grew up with Shrek, and that was massive, all-star cast, yeah. incredibly cheesy, but kind of enjoyable to pick out all the voices.
3: And it's and they are quite distinctive voices, all of them, so, you know, yeah. ha- having all of those big voices in it, you'd have them in a film and it'd be fine, have it in a game, it'll be brilliant, Simon, brilliant.
0: Okay, well, we need to work on getting ourselves in, uh, in video games, I guess, then, don't we? Yeah. Okay, is that it, Anne? That's
3: it. One Life Left Video Game News
1: with Anne berry
4: Hello, I'm Sega Badawi, and welcome to One Life Left Local News. Viewers are complaining about the standard of celebrities on this year's Strictly Come Gaming. The public are claiming that they haven't heard of half of the entrants in the video game dancing contest, and are very upset. A spokesperson for the programme said, We are very pleased with the calibre of this season's contestants, as they're all from Good Games, Good Games. We were offered Marcus Phoenix and Dominic Santiago from Gears of War, but you get nothing for a pair. Not in this game. However, people are still pointing out that the Boston Terrier from Nintendogs the first NPC you meet in World of Warcraft and the man pumping the tyre from the Chun-Li stage of Street Fighter 2 are not really characters that you would recognise in the street, even if they were pumping a tyre. Despite this, Strictly come Gaming is currently beating the Xbox factor in the ratings battle. Thanks and back to your usual programming.
0: See the uh, the lyrics we got sent for this.
3: Do you know we've got so we've now got two shake it off songs. Do we F- potentially for four. Thursday? Thursday uh, last uh, Thursday we had a new shake it off. About Animal Crossing. Okay. We've been given some new lyrics as well, so potentially there are two. What so are we going
0: to do? This one's about Gamergate, isn't it? I, well, I don't think you can sing this song too many times. No.
3: So, so maybe we just have both of them on there. So if
0: you want to come along and sing Shake It Off with us all night.
3: All night long. Is this is
0: this Thursday, hashtag Thursday, at the loading bar in Dalston, half past seven onwards. Uh, it's going to be another great night.
3: Another great night. There's no tube strike. That's good news for us.
0: Yep. Uh, lots of people are coming.
3: Well, well, I hope so. Make sure that you're one of them. It's going to be an excellent night.
0: So we see you there, Christos, are we're going to see you on uh, on Thursday. Yes, are we? Yes you will. Good. Are you going to sing "Shake It Off"? I could be persuaded to. Okay. I sing it every Let, morning. Let's
3: persuade. Do you? Right
2: you? Now?
0: I do. Yeah, in front of the mirror in the bathroom. What? <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Uh, you said that you can't listen to this song now because of Gav Murphy, is that right? No, I listened to it because of Gav oh, Murphy. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, I
2: saw the EGX video and I've, I've used it as a motivational song ever since. He's very motivational.
3: Mm. Were you at EGX?
0: I was, for all of two hours
2: this time.
3: Whoa.
0: How long do you think you should be at EGX then? Two hours. Okay, that's all you need. You've
3: done it so well.
0: Um, so, Christos, you're from uh, Fail Not. Tell us about yourself because you've got you've uh, you, you've got quite an interesting route to uh, what you're doing. Yeah, quite a mix. I started in games journalism when I was nineteen. How old? Are you, sorry, how old are you? I, I'm, I'm not sure we're allowed to ask this question legally. How old are you? <laughs> I'm twenty six. Okay, so you're seven years. You've been doing that seven years ago. Yeah, you're a games journalist. What, who are you? Yeah, for? so
2: I started uh, by interning for IGN UK. How was that? It was good. What do they make you do? Um, they made me, they had me rewrite Rupert Murdoch's online biography Did at one they? point.
0: That was the weirdest thing. What, what for mischief? Did you sneak anything in there? No. Chris It's It was a small copywriting gig. Right. <laughs> it was a bit scary. Well, so, so when you say rewrite, do you mean update or rewrite? Just kind of uh, tweak it, make, make it, it sound better. Yeah. Interesting. So that's what they make their interns do. Do you think they make um, all every intern do that? Until Rupert Murdoch's biographies perfect. I'm not sure. I was the first, apparently, because no one had ever asked
2: before. Okay,
0: So you were at IGN and then you went to...? Uh, I went and freelanced
2: because I was actually in my summer break while I was at university. Uh, And I freelanced for IGN and The Escapist and wrote for a bunch of other places, started a few podcasts and just sort of
3: kept ticking on. Hold on on a minute. Started a (laughs) a a few podcasts? A few have enough one. <laughs> exactly so
0: um you uh so n- you now make games tell us how you, you how you uh, how you got into that um
2: two of my friends were having a conversation on twitter about how we were always reviewing games and uh none of us had ever actually made one and how that didn't really seem very fair so what they wanted to do is a uh, national novel writing month style challenge of it's a month you make a game uh, you have to do it by yourself you have to teach yourself how to do it so we all thought yeah we'll do it so the first game journo game jam was born
0: okay when was this uh, oh this would have been probably about
2: three years ago three right. years ago um,
0: how old were you then, just to uh, we can update our
2: records? Earlier, earlier twenties. Early twenties. Okay. Be permanently twenty-one if I had the choice. But <laughs> <are> just, <laughs> just for your biography.
0: Yeah, okay. So,
2: um, so, 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 wh- how, how do you start that then? What did you do? Um, could you I, could you program? No, um, I don't really write code. Um, I used Stencil, which is kind of like Game Maker, in that you can kind of it's almost like a like a Lego brick approach to doing the code side and it meant that i could focus on doing the art and the music and the writing and everything else okay um so i decided to force myself through it i was uh i was the only one that wasn't freelancing at the time so i was obviously then the only one that finished right <laughs> um and i put it up on new grounds and i thought oh it'd be nice if it gets a thousand views and then it got a thousand and then it got 10 and then it got 40 and then other sites started posting it. Um, I thought well I what should probably was, what, do it more was, often. what was the game? It's called Hug Marine. Okay. And that
3: sounds lovely.
2: Yeah. It was about a space marine that lands on strange alien worlds and uh, encounters aliens for the first time and he hugs them to embrace them into like the galactic family rather than shooting them in the face. That's Um, nice. Yeah, so the result was I got a lot of feedback from parents that really enjoyed playing with their kids. Um, Actually, one one, one person left a Newgrounds review that said, uh, yeah, I played your game, and then I went and I hugged the emo girl at school. She's hot. And I thought what was really weird about that review was just the fact that he had played a game about hugging people that were different to him and then had gone into school and found the one person that he didn't identify with and (laughs) given him a hug.
3: Wow. How, uh, did that go well for him? Did you find out? Or?
2: I don't know. It's impossible to follow this stuff up, I find. Yeah. <laughs> so after Hug Marine, um, you
0: made a few other games?
2: Uh, I did, yeah. I sort of kept making uh, little bits and bobs. I made like loads of prototypes to kind of teach myself how to do different stuff. S- still in stencil?
0: Yeah. Okay, and is that what you use now? Uh, yes, Still although I'm slowly
2: transferring over to Unity by blackmailing my flatmate into teaching me how to do yeah, it. Oh, you there.
3: could just buy it. Just
2: Yeah,
0: just buy it.
3: Just buy Unity. I could just,
2: I could just buy the whole thing. Yeah. Use that. And just employ Notch.
0: Use Game Maker. Because it's you know, better.
2: I know. I've been. I've. I, I've been kind of trying to push myself into uh, crossing over, just because it can uh, export so many different
0: platforms. Did, yeah, and uh, then the compilers coming with uh, other export. I, I use Game Maker. So, going to say I was wonder you- you- if you work <laughs> for your
3: Games?
0: I don't work for them. No, I'm a. I'm a big fan of them. Um, but your your games that you've uh, been making have. A s- uh, they're not common in terms of um, exactly what they're talking about, but they have a, a, a sort of common theme, don't they? Is that right?
2: Yeah. Uh, a lot of the stuff I make is about my life. So uh, Hug Me, Hug I never really put too much thought into um, and I was talking to my girlfriend at the time about it um, and she said, do you ever think there's a connection between the fact that you have a lot of anxiety issues around physical contact and things like that and you've made a game about hugging people from inside a spacesuit? <laughs> um, and I kind of thought about it. Um, actually, we we broke up and I made a game that was an endless runner called Escape Pod right. uh, where you kind of fly through space away from something that was sad. Um, I made a game that was an open letter to my mum, which is probably the one that is, like, the strong, most strongly associated with autobiography. So yeah. I uh, came out to my mum, who's very religious, right. uh, and she kicked me out of the house. Uh, so I was kind of sat there a few months later at night in front of my laptop, and I was kind of trying to... I hadn't really emotionally processed any of it, um, and then I just sort of got the urge to kind of make something um, because I've always kind of felt that art is kind of saying stuff without saying it. So I sort of grabbed my laptop and I put it together and I sort of got it out of my system and I made this game about how she made me feel. and right. How my life was going to go. And then I kind of sent it to the press and it kind of took off from there. Really, Did she play it? I don't know. Um, my dad has seen it. It was possibly the most interesting dinner we've ever had. <laughs> um, we went to a really nice restaurant and uh, I had a printout with me from Indie Static. And I kind of, I, I said, um, you know my games dad? And he went, yeah. I said, uh, well, I've, I, I've made a new one. And he said, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, it's um, it's about mum. And he was like, oh, okay. And I kind of slid this bit of A4 paper across the uh, table. Um, he thought it was very interesting. Um which is which is great. He's been sort of very he's always been very supportive, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting to talk to people about it and the impact that it had on people. Um I remember US Gamer wrote a thing that kind of said, Well, this proves that you can if even if you can't code, you can kinda of take these tools and take your life experiences and you can actually talk about them. You get stuff like uh, Dysphoria is a very good, good, good example, uh Depression quest as yeah. well. Um, but it's just it's it's the ability to kind of make it interactive like at the moment one of the things I'd like to work on is a game about having obsessive compulsive disorder Right. what would be interesting about that is to have people interact with it and of course after all those mechanics they can go well well, that's that's really annoying it's really it's really hard and you can go well yeah exactly (laughs) right Um, but it's it's that interactive element that I think helps kind of have someone absorb an experience but actually understand what it's like almost from a mechanical perspective wow
3: well, it's, it is putting people in, uh, in so if you're making these autobiographically, it's putting people in your shoes yeah. and letting them sort of work through the things that you've had to work through. And like, um, it wasn't Depression Quest, it was something else that we uh, played uh, for when we did the I book remember, club thing. it
0: was the top down made an RPG maker, wasn't yeah, it? Uh,
3: about depression, yeah. that really just, it was incredible being in that position and just feeling like the relentless slog of it. It, just that thing of I'm not reading about it. I'm doing it. I'm living. Yeah. I'm I'm being that person. And is that the kind of feedback that you've got from people? Yeah,
2: essentially, it's been it's been really interesting, um, especially for for people that kind of understood a bit more what it was about. I mean, what I thought was interesting, it taught me a really interesting lesson, which is that you have to be really clear with your messaging. So, for example, I I made a game that was about my mum and religion in general, and I never specifically mentioned sexuality because at the time it was still sort of very tricky to deal with um, what I found was a lot of people kind of responded and saw a game, saw that it was about religion and that it was negative potentially um, and they responded on that basis and it was, um, it's quite interesting because I think you forget that you have to make it quite an intricate, direct handheld thing Otherwise, you run the risk of people grossly misinterpreting what you're trying to teach them. Essentially,
0: what was the what was the um, the online reaction? I'm only asking because uh, the the um, chat or the uh, focus on games which have um, that veer from your standard shooty gang mm. bang man games um, have come in for a lot of hostile treatment online recently, uh, particularly those developed by women. But yeah, so yeah, how was how was the reaction for you?
2: Um, it was it was interesting. Obviously, there were people that kind of uh, weren't thrilled about uh, about the fact that it seemed quite critical of religion. Which which, for the record, it's it's very much not it's just one specific experience. Um, but generally, the reaction was really positive. Um, the press were incredibly nice about it. Um, I remember Chris Priestman wrote about it for Indie Static and actually included a message at the bottom that said, "You know, I hope stuff works out for you and things right. like that." Um, but it really seemed to resonate with people. I had someone come to talk to me uh, about it recently in kind of relation to their own coming out experience and things. And it's been, yeah, it was just kind of really interesting to to reach out and kind of discover through what I was doing, like a community of people that kind of thought the same way. Yeah. So what are you working on now? At the moment, um, actually partially due to that sort of... Um, i shouldn't i call i call them hashtag cultists but um at the moment due to the sort of the hashtag and all the controversies going on at the moment actually i got really sort of burnt out on it um uh i, li- I live with a with an indie programmer a lot of his friends are being doxxed and attacked and harassed a lot of mine are as well right. um it was really miserable and i got very fed up with it um and i was going through uh i'm going through therapy at the moment um for ocd and depression so i was kind of thinking about all of these things and how it's making me feel so i was working on a game about a little boy that kind of gets a bit fed up with the day-to-day of being a little boy and decides to go and live on the moon so he makes like a rocket in his back garden he goes to live on the moon and he meets a series of characters who sort of teach him about life and he's able to sort of confront how he feels and then he comes back great and that's kind of the point um and then there's also the weird one which is a procedurally generated house party
0: <laughs> you mentioned that it does sound really yeah. interesting um yeah i was thinking um sorry so before we move on where so where can we follow your work uh i'm on Failnort, uh twitter um, and Um this stuff the gamergate stuff uh, that we're alluding to um I'm sure everybody knows all about it. I was thinking about this uh, today, about how um, impossible it is going. Like now, it, uh, everybody was hoping that it was going to die down um, over, you know, a couple of weeks or whatever. But it's rumbling on Yeah, and it feels uh, sort of week by week it's getting slightly bigger. The Daily Mail wrote something about it today. And then I even saw a BBC journalist uh, start tweeting about it. I'm like, oh, God, you know, like, you know, because I'd, I'd sort of hoped that... Um, you know, if you if you got into a cab or what have you, and you said, "Hey, what do you think about Gamergate?" The person would go, well, "Don't know." Like I was hoping that it was this thing that was just rolling on in front of our in front. Of, you know, it's just two gr- groups of people that were slinging stuff at each other, but and and that's sort of where it would stay. But um, it feels like it's going to go on, and um, I don't know where it stops or sort of how you stop it. Um, there's no question that it needs to be stopped. So I was wondering whether we should sort of try and flip it. I saw Rami and um, a few others try and move the hashtag on to game ethics away from gamer gates um, and it didn't work out because these people are so entrenched and even John Walker today was having a very reasonable discussion and pointing out to people that what they were saying was categorically not true but they still um, continued to attack him as well um, You know, and we respect everybody's rights to an opinion but some Sometimes you have to look at the facts and and what have you. So I wondered if we could um, move Gamergate on and make it a positive thing. So like I'd come and say, "Hey Anne, how's your Gamergate going?" And you going, "Oh, brilliant! I'm having a really wonderful time." We talk about why we love games, but use but use the Gamergate hashtag. That's what everybody's following. I, I don't know. Does that
3: seem like a stupid idea? Um, it, it's just whether people have uh, enough time and energy to to. Drown them out <laughs> because it's relentless. Uh, because they it's the, it is a small group of people, but they are very dedicated to this. So have you read any of the any of the Reddit
0: uh, Kotaku in action subreddit? Reddit, yeah. it's just There's nuts. A, a friend of mine uh,
2: recently got accused of being the mastermind behind uh half i think it was like half the game's print media i'd heard that and that you. entire conspiracy theory uh stemmed from the fact that they've misinterpreted the title of the emag he publishes which is called five out of ten and they actually <laughs> assumed that five out of ten must mean that he controls five out of ten game publications <laughs> they based the whole theory off this one misinterpretation. is that brazen
0: yeah they um they think that i was an associate editor on edge
3: that's nice. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, That's I never right. had, but We
0: would love to have been. Thanks.
3: Yeah,
0: but yeah. So, the, so, so there, there, there's a few of them. Too, but I just wondered like, if we can just flood the hashtag back with. It's, positive, it's, I don't know. It, it's, it's a bit hard. Um, but it, we can't just sit here and and just you know no, every day wake up and go well, who's writing about it now? What are you saying these days? Well, and- some
2: people have tried to engage with it uh, academically. A good example is Jenny Goodchild, um, who's a friend of mine who went on to Twitch and she was like, all right, okay, if you guys want to have a serious academic discussion about it, let's do it. Um, And she is is a a games and sort of pop culture academic. Um, So she was like, all right, well, let's do this formally. And she set up a website. She took surveys. um, She did polls. She published entire conversations between her and the fine young capitalists. Like she really put the work in. Um, and as a result, um, not, she she did become like one of the main targets of this entire movement. What was interesting about it was the amount of people actually who are then coming out of the woodwork and having civil conversations with her as well. They weren 't as common unfortunately as all the nasty stuff, but it was quite interesting because I feel like there are th- there's like spatterings of like these people that are just kind of caught up in it don 't really know what 's going on don 't really realize that a lot of them are kind of being
0: played. Yeah, so it's it's good to see them kind can, of engaged. Can you see yourself ever making a gamergate game? A game? God, um, they would no, know what to think.
2: I did. I did. I I have had a game design in me for a while that was about privilege, um, which I really wanted to do. Um, and I wanted to make like a, a bullet hell that was super easy, and then you could apply loads of different difficulty modifiers to it. And at the end, it would actually reveal that all the difficulty modifiers were different, la- like losses of privilege. Um, from not being you know straight white cis male etc um, and it's you know it's important to make points like that and games are a good way to do it but it would also be like a really good way to ensure that I would have a really terrible time on the internet yeah, quite well but
0: <laughs> well, do keep up the stuff you're doing um, yeah it's absolutely fascinating I think um, and the more games of uh, the type of you're making that are out there the better I think um, we've been talking for a long time we
3: have but it's been good it's good
0: <laughs> let's put some music on This is Rockhawk, um, downloaded from uh, Chiptunes, chipmusic.org. Uh, sorry for the slight delay this, we're just trying to work out how we're trying to get hold or how to get hold of Kara. We think we found a way. Uh, so Kara Ellison will be coming up with us with any luck shortly. Uh, but let, first let's uh, let's have a little bit from Dr. Avatar. Dr. Avatar. If you're
2: needed in surgery,
1: Dr. Avatar, operating room dictation on patient tooth, sweet. Operative diagnosis, traumatic cervical spine injury with cord compression resulting in poor limb sensation and movement. Estimated blood loss, 1,500 cc's, OR time, 9 hours. Mr. Truth was evacuated from a nearby destruction derby following a catastrophic motor vehicle collision. Seven shards of glass and three pieces of shrapnel were removed in the emergency room, and the patient was placed on cardiorespiratory monitoring in the OR. Making a ventral incision in the patient's neck, the first and second vertebrae were noted to be shattered with significant impingement upon the spinal cord. Decompression was performed with subsequent screw and plate fixation. In addition, Mr. Tooth's skull was dislocated relative to his neck and restored to anatomical position. The patient will be placed in an immobilization collar and transferred to rehabilitation. However, he was noted to still be quadriplegic in the recovery room, and there is no guarantee his status will improve. It goes without saying that his driver's license will be suspended. Ending dictation for patient tooth, comma, sweet. wonderful,
0: Dr. Avatar. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Uh, that one, was it? Should be. Hello, caller. He- Hello.
5: Hello.
0: Cara. <laughs> Hi. Cara, you're live on the on the radio. Please do not swear.
5: Okay, I'll try not to.
0: Cara Ellison, welcome to One Life Left. Thanks for, thanks for, where are you?
5: I'm in Tokyo. What are you doing there? I'm in a place called Setagayaku. I'm writing about uh, a Japanese developer who's who's um, an indie game developer here.
0: Excellent. How, so how long have you been there?
5: So I've been here since the 1st of October. Okay.
0: Are you, you're literally hopping from developer to developer now, are you? Because I read your, yes. your last one in Kuala Lumpur, was it? That's right. Yes. Absolutely incredible. What, what a time it looked like you had over there.
5: Well, it was, it was yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I didn't really plan the latter half of my year. So the first half of my year was pretty well planned out, but the second half was kind of all over the place. So I guess I, uh, my friend Cass Call, who is a columnist at Rock, Paper, Shotgun, she suggested that I go to Malaysia and find developers there. So... Yeah, it was pretty exciting stuff just to be uh, on this side of the world, really.
0: So um, we were just explaining to our guest, uh, Christos, who sat where you, you where. The, I think the last time we saw you was uh, after you'd been successfully funded on uh, Patreon. Um, how's it been? Then? How's it, has it been, as you imagine? Because it's a pretty bold thing just to uh, get rid of all your stuff and travel the world, isn't it?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's been tough. Like, it's actually been much tougher than I thought because... Um, I, You know, you originally think, oh, you know, traveling all over the world, you know, with just two bags and like, it's going to be what a great time, you know, uh, <laughs> to go and do that. And it it is very exciting. It's, it, You know, it's really revealing lots of ways. I'm learning a lot of things um, about each place I go and the people I meet. But the thing is, like, you never really get any time for privacy and and you're living on someone else's schedule a lot of the time and you have to make yourself accommodating because, you know, they're giving up their space to have you stay. So it can be uh, it can be a little strange psychologically speaking, I think.
0: Do you do you uh, set a time to spend with the people that you're that you're embedding yourself with or do you just sort of see how it goes?
5: Yeah. So I try to I try to spend at least a week. Um, some, some people can't even spare a week. Uh, so sometimes it's less, but I find that a week is a really good amount of time to get to know someone. And then eventually by maybe day six or seven, they tend to open up a little bit more and be more comfortable about telling me things about the way that they think about their work. So that's, that's kind of the ideal that I try to aim for. It's not always possible, but and I am a massive inconvenience. Uh,
3: so, Six yeah. or seven days is how long we would ideally like to do the radio show for as well. Exactly. So, so yeah. you know, so if you wanna... so g- given an opportunity, we, we would definitely be on board with that. So
0: uh, what's the strangest that, the strangest thing that's happened to you on your travel so far?
3: Oh my
5: gosh, the strangest thing. Yeah,
0: just uh, like um, the most unexpected. I mean, I was I was reading. I mean, what I hadn't really thought about this Style of writing that you're doing at the moment, and um, until I was reading the Kuala Lumpur one, and I just thought, what a perfect time to be doing this because I've not seen um, any sort of text which has become which is so well integrated with lots of other stuff. So the way that you put videos and sound together to illustrate what I was was a- absolutely brilliant. So, but like, did you did you set out to do it like that initially, or was it or was it you making it up as you go along, or?
5: guess I didn't I mean I you know I put up a sample post on my patreon of like the thing I did about Paris which was kind of like I guess what people called creative non-fiction um where I just talked about what I was thinking at the time that things happened to me but I did also write about how I imagined like you know the terminator turned up in a motorbike and obviously that didn't happen <laughs> but I thought like that that where I was in Paris at that time at night was like kind of cool and futuristic so that's what I imagined happening so um yeah but I didn't really think about the style of it I think I guess I just thought about it in terms of like doing sort of just what stream of consciousness or whatever I was thinking or what you know so what i guess it's just a kind of interpretation of what i'm thinking mostly um integrated with actual real things that people said to me that i recorded and later wrote down so uh yeah so yeah it's a bit of a mishmash like you said like i do videos as well and you know the guys from the outerlands documentary Uh they gave me a video camera um, and it's a really expensive piece of equipment and they wanted to me to do like B-roll for their documentary that they're doing. That's actually similar, uh, kind of thing to mine, except it's, it's video based. Uh, so like they gave me a camera, so I do videos and um, using their, um, camera that they kindly lent to me. So that's kind of cool as well that
3: they let me do that. Have you dropped it yet?
5: <laughs> I actually haven't. And I also do like, now. I I took it to a pool <laughs> in, in Kuala Lumpur and um, there's these little kids who are like splashing around. And I was like, oh, my God, like they're going to destroy my camera. <laughs> but thankfully they didn't. And I didn't drop in the pool either. So
0: well done. So, How, how, um, how long are you, are you going to keep going for? When are you coming back?
5: Um, so I feel like I can't really keep going past... January um, of next year because I'm so physically exhausted by it like I just keep thinking to myself I can't do it for any any longer just because I I feel so unstable a lot of the time I feel like I don't really know where I'm going to be the next moment or something's badly going to go wrong or you know someone I'm staying with might get sick or something might happen so uh, I keep thinking oh oh my gosh I really just want a home and a job now (laughs) so yeah it would be nice to have so, sort of one place to go yeah. but there are so few jobs in games writing about games or anything like that so it's hard to know what the future is going to look like and
0: has has um has been funded through patreon i'm still not certain how you pronounce it. Has that as how has that been is that has, has that changed things for you
5: um it's definitely given me a lot more freedom as a writer and it does actually also mean that um I get some really great feedback from people like people send me really personal emails talking about how much their work has influenced them. And, um, they, I never got that before. And it it just means I have a closer relationship with the people who actually read my work. And that's really nice to have someone who like really appreciates it. And, um, and, yeah, and it's, it's definitely given me, like... I mean, I don't have an editor. I mean, I, I, I sort of keep thinking, oh, I should send this to someone so and pay them so that they can edit my terrible thoughts into something that's more readable. But, actually, I think people prefer it, like, the raw sort of yeah. side of things. So, uh, yeah, so it hasn't been really entirely necessary. I write it primarily for the person I'm writing about uh, and for the people who are reading my work. So, um, that's been nice. So, I, I, I guess... It feels more dangerous not having an editor, but it also feels um, more kind of me, I guess. So that's been nice. Are you gonna um,
0: are you gonna do anything with it once once you once you're back and you've, you've stopped embedding yourself with people? Like are you gonna collate it, collect it up or?
5: Yeah. Um, so what the plan is is like the plan was always to make a book from it. So um, so'm I'm, what I'm gonna do is probably fashion it into an ebook for everyone who's funded me. Um, and then send them a free copy and then put it up for sale. But I'm also, like, I used to work in the publishing industry, and I think that they might be interested in actually printing it um, if I manage to get an agent. So um, I think I'm just going to send it to an agent and see what they think and then try and get it into print as well. Um, I know that Irene Co. who illustrated some of my work before, she might do a cover for it for me. So um, I'll pay her to do that. Uh, so, yeah, so it's at, at the end, maybe maybe january time and i'll try and put that in motion so that everyone can have like a kind of bound copy if they want it well do do come back and see us in january won't you yeah i will i'll definitely come back i mean uh i will probably have to sort out visas at some point as well
0: (laughs) (laughs) no i've i've been i've been really enjoying it yeah it's been some stories that i've i've just not even thought to think about if if you know what i mean and uh, yeah it's been absolutely fascinating
5: which ones did you like uh, well, uh,
0: I, I've been reading them all, but I was, I was, uh, it was the Kuala Lumpur one in, in, in particular that I, I just, I just thought it really, it really, um, it really came together so well in a way that I'd not even considered. Yeah, in just in oh, ways I hadn't cool. considered. So yeah, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And um, we are, uh, we, we, we called you with a very specific yeah, we did. request though, didn't we? How's the weather out there?
5: So this is in the middle of a typhoon. It earlier um it was an incredible like sort of uh, really really sideways torrential rain outside. Um right now if I open a window it's very it's still fairly heavy rain but it's in- got incredibly windy outside. Um so I think that they said this uh, typhoon has downgraded from a full-blown full, full, full blown typhoon into a tropical storm. Hooray! Hooray! It's exclusive so news. So you're witnessing right now the change of it from a typhoon, I think its name is Vong Fong. Thanks, Vong Typhoon Fong. Vong Fong. Into a tropical storm, so uh, yeah, so I think uh, it's probably going to finish up tomorrow evening. So we'll see the damage outside, but you know what's the best thing is that we we called for Pizza Hut today <laughs> and made the Pizza Hut guy come and deliver us the pizza. Unbelievable. That's what, that's, what happens,
0: that's what happens when you get a bit of power and a bit of Patreon money, isn't it? You start making people do exactly. stuff. Exactly.
5: <laughs> I use I use maybe $20 of my Patreon <laughs> money to punish a person who delivers pizzas. Excellent.
0: So. Good stuff. Well, thanks ever so much for staying up and joining us. Good luck in the tropical storm.
5: Yeah, thank you. And we'll see you and when I, you get back. Yeah, I'll see you when
1: I get back. All right,
0: cheers. <laughs> So it's, uh, it's been brought my, to my attention. I might have been shouting hello out <laughs> over, the, over the airwaves. I and I
3: was trying to shout, stop, <laughs> stop don't it. put the faders up, Simon. Don't just,
0: put them up. I was just trying to say uh, thanks to Cara. It's nice for, for her yeah. to join us, wasn't it? Uh, good weather report. Thanks very much for that. Right, we've got loads to do. Yeah. Uh, so let's crack on with the letters. Uh, should we do a review with each letter?
3: <laughs> yes.
0: Okay, uh, so um, I've got a few letters. if you want to clear up Um Edgar Sally Pierre Lamy said, uh, Hello, guys, probably super special. guests. I have a great joke for you that you might be able to make into a marioki, which is what we're calling uh, Thursday. Jay Z's child is a Let's Player. He says to his dad, Child, uh, Dad, I want to live stream my videos, but the name I wanted has already been taken. Jay Z, if you're having URL problems, I feel bad for you, son, The 99 problems, but my Twitch ain't one. I'm pretty pleased with that joke," says Edgar. Very good. "So you should be. I've been playing Spider-Man Unlimited on the mobile. It's an endless runner, features uh, different versions of Spider-Man. I've not spent any money on it yet. Uh, it's quite a good. Seven out of ten. And,
3: um, dear Three Musketeers and Dog Tanyon, uh, because of your absence last week, I had nothing to occupy myself with and went out drinking. When I came to, I had made a bet that I could create a video game to tie in with the play Fiji Land. Before Halloween. Assuming I have no experience coding, where should a total beginner start making their first game? Help! The stakes are high. Robert, this is Robert Wells.
0: Uh, Spoon, Hello, Weaselspoon, Robert. Hello. Uh, Where, uh,
3: uh, I think we've got the perfect person here. <laughs> so,
0: Christos, you'd, you'd recommend Stencil, yeah, would you? I mean, you could start with Stencil. But Game you said, Maker. so you uh, you scared me with that because uh, you said, oh, I, that meant I could concentrate with my art and music and hmm. uh, rather than the code. I can't code. Neither can I draw or compose well, music. The, I so. mean, that's
2: the reason that so many people got into pixel art, I think, for indie games was it's the most accessible way of making
0: recognisable stuff. Okay. So, Stencil lets you do that. Uh, I recommend Game Maker. And
2: yeah.
3: what do you recommend? Um, Just do it. Just really grab it by the balls.
0: By unity.
2: (laughs)
3: Just do by unity. Unity. Just by unity. Uh, I've been playing uh, desert golfing. Um, It's been making me giggle. It's been making me frustrated. Um, I I did 58 goes on one hole. um, And I'm so pleased that it doesn't matter. You just keep going. Uh, Initially, I thought I should go back and start again. I'm doing really bad. Oh, wait, you can't. Brilliant. I love it. Uh, Seven out of ten. I don't understand it.
0: It I don't.
3: It's because you're an idiot.
2: This this next one's from Ben Hall. It says, Hello, team, and hopefully, possibly, plus a super uh, special guest. Thank you very much. Yep. Um, As we all know, winning the GMA for best podcast slash radio show means that the following year you will no longer have a podcast slash or a radio show. So, what has happened to Filey reject Guy Cocker? Well, he's not been considered good enough and had to be put into the pretend journalist, journalist category, along with the other rejects tainted by the stench of corruption, like Simon Parko Parkin. Ellie Gibbo Gibson Stewie Sturo Stewart and Matthew Windsor Castle. I hope Guy is happy with how far he has fallen do you have any kind words of advice for the winners of this year's award?
0: Good so luck It's the GMAs this Wednesday <laughs> uh, we're going uh, Anne and I Steve's not coming
3: Steve's not so we're bringing along uh, one of our uh, previous guests, because it's nice to you know the people that have dragged us up keep it in the family uh, we're being joined by Edo Fear.
0: have you um, yeah I so I noticed the Guy Cocker's not in the uh, yeah. He's, yeah. Not, he's not up against us
3: yeah poor Guy he's uh, well I guess things mustn't be going too well for him then we'll give him a good hug a good hug and a little conker <laughs> Christoph so what and, have you uh, been playing
2: uh, My, I've been playing uh, Shadow of Mordor which has taken over all three people in my flat uh, mm. I call it the plot twist simulator 2014
0: and it's uh, yeah, good bunch of fun. Very clever. Seven out of ten. Excellent. Um, James Brophy, thank you so much for your email. Uh, we're running out of time so we're going to save that for next week. Um, I'd just like to address uh, Simon Hoelurura. He's written to us twice. Uh, he says, Hi guys, I sent you a message about a week ago with your nice contact form about work experience at One Life Left. Oh, yeah. Hopefully you got my email and if not... Uh, Please send me a reply to this and I'll explain again why I'd be a grand addition to the One Life Left team. Yours sincerely, Simon Herrera.
3: Well, it really feels like we should be the ones telling you why you shouldn't want (laughs) to be part of... We are slapdash. We are unprofessional. This isn't our job. This isn't our job. We're going to go over time. Uh, We just had to do the review section and the letter (laughs) section at one time. If there aren't three of us around the the desk, we can't work it. Simon was shouting hello over music. Um... But really, if you do, if after that you still want to come Simon, in, uh,
0: you'll be welcome to join us for a night. But yeah. we don't want you here for ages. No, do we? We've not With got that da- much to do. <laughs> With our day jobs and stuff. So yeah, please do come. Uh, right, thank you very much for your correspondence, Chris um, Christos Thank you so much for coming in. Yes. More than welcome. What a phenomenal guest, I have to say. Um, thank you yeah, very much. you you answered the call. Um, uh, yeah, and yeah, absolutely fascinating to talk to you. Keep up the good work. Um, Cheers. And hopefully, well, we're, we're going to see you on Thursday, aren't we? And yes. in fact, we might like see you on Wednesday. Yeah. Yes. Brilliant. Because um, you're going to the pre-GMA drinks, is that right? Yes, yes I am. Cool, we'll see you then. Well, I, th- well, I hope we're going to become firm friends over time. Yeah. So do I. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Yeah. Sorry about the running over and everything.
3: We haven't actually run over, oh no, unless you start the theme tune very <laughs> okay. soon.
0: Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, so we we'll see you on Thursday at Thursday, we we'll see you on Wednesday at the GMAs. Uh, we'll be disappointed by one and ecstatic about the other next week, I'm sure. Thank you very much for listening.
3: See you, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>